That's actually a, a advice I got from another podcaster. He said, don't even let your guests know that you can even edit this stuff. Just tell them it is what it is. You know what I mean? Welcome to the Claims Clinic. Why don't you have a seat and show me where it hurts? Are you feeling depreciated? Has your 8CV policy left you with a self-insured penalty? Having trouble with your GPP? Don't worry, you'll be just fine. The doctor will see you now. Thank you, Nurse Natalie, and thank you for coming to the Claim Clinic. This is Andy McCabe. I am your Claim Doctor. This week in the studio, I have the one and only Josh Salloway of the Restoration Nation podcast. He is doing some great things over the podcast. So while you're at iTunes giving the Claim Clinic a five-star rating and a great review, why don't you hop over and check out Restoration Nation podcast and do the same thing. We'd both appreciate it. And thanks for showing up again. Let's get right to it. All right. Welcome to the Claim Clinic. This is Andy McCabe. I've got uh, sort of in the studio today, Mr. Josh Soloway with Soil Away, as well as the host of the Restoration Nation podcast. Josh, how you doing, man? Andy, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show here today. I'm really excited. Oh, thanks for thanks for coming on. I'm uh, I've been watching your listening to your show and just really love the content. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what you have to say. Uh, as you know, as I told you, this is a show for starting out restoration guys, uh, guys that maybe they were carpet cleaners yesterday and today they want to be a restoration guy and, and go at and make all this big money that you and I both always make, right? Oh, all the time. It just, we print it. Yes. Yeah. We're just printing money. Uh, so given the current events, the weather that the East coast and you guys in Boston have received, I want to talk about cats and and storms and how do companies man up to handle the overload of of claims that come when weather events like this happen. How many you were telling me before we were on the air how many backlog jobs you have right now that you haven't even had time to go see yet? Yeah, it's uh, just to provide the audience some context. It's the end of March now. Since January first, we've been going pretty much seven days a week. Uh, with our with our crews, it's it's been an incredible winter, and just with all the work and all the claims we've already processed, we still have over 80 houses uh, that we have not even touched yet that either have ice dams or a fire or something of that nature. But it's been a brutal winter in the Northeast, and we're still trying to catch up. Incredible. So I've got to assume that you've gone ahead and hired on extra labor for demo and and water crews uh what are you doing as far as trying to keep up on the estimating side of life on the estimating side it's um it's a battle you know it's it's you really just got to roll up your sleeves and and work hard it it can be a grind a lot of coffee yeah it is and it really puts your processes to the test i mean i think a lot of companies can run pretty smoothly during uh, eight, nine, ten months out of the year, but if you have a cat situation that really kind of can make the train uh, the train come off the rails, so to speak, so mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta make sure your processes are good and set up ahead of time to make sure you can you can withhold the storm. Uh, you know, no pun intended, I guess. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 grinding it out. It's it's bringing in a little bit of extra help from uh, other restoration companies, believe it or not, yep. to help us. 
help us process the the volume. No, that's exactly what we do. We just call our buddies across the way. We're not enemies. I don't think at any time of the year, uh, and especially during when we're busy, we all just want to service our client, right? Absolutely. And I would say one thing to people getting into the industry, maybe they're that carpet cleaner transitioning into more restoration workload. And we were there at one point. Our company, Soilway, has been around 25 years. Probably about 15 years ago, we started making the transition into restoration. And I, I would say my advice would be is to have an attitude of abundance, not an attitude of scarcity. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you have an attitude of scarcity, you're going to think, oh man, there's not enough work, or I got to be cutthroat, and I got to, I got to beat up my competition, I got to get every job out there. And I, I would not advise you to take that attitude because for the people out there doing things right, um, especially in the cat mode, but there's an abundance of work for everyone, especially if you're doing it right. And make an effort to connect with your peers in the industry, both locally and out of state, out of region, because when, you're, when your area gets pounded, uh, believe it or not, there's other people sitting twiddling their thumbs in the country that would love to come help you. And if you've built a relationship with them and you can work together, uh, they would love to come and mobilize, come in your area, help you out, and, and you can do the reverse when, when they're getting pounded and you're just sitting around during your slow season. So have an attitude of abundance. Get out there. Uh, meet people in the industry, whether it be a trade show or LinkedIn or something like that, and, and build those relationships. And, and uh, you'll be surprised at, at the opportunities that will come your way. It's pretty incredible. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I follow the same philosophy. There's, there's plenty of stuff out there. And in order for me to succeed, I don't have to take something away from somebody else. It's, it's a rising tide floats all boats as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so you've ramped up. You're going gangbusters. And then you get through the workload. What does that look like? What, uh, what does a ramp down period look like for your company and you? And do you have a specific way you handle that? Well, I, you know, as a business model, when you can control your fixed expenses and your, your costs, uh, and you can ramp up those variable costs as needed when you're busy, it makes it easier to scale down. So, for example, if you're just starting off, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Everything's going to work different for different people. But if you go ahead and just hire 25 new employees, that's going to be potentially 20, 25 layoffs you have to make or however you, you look at it mm. um, or people you, you feel obligated to support after the busy season. And that's a tough thing because these people have worked hard for you for two, three months and you just don't want to throw them out in the street. I mean, they're human beings. You build relationships over over that time, and mm. uh, you don't just want to use people. I mean, it happens in the industry, but I don't I don't agree with that philosophy. And Soilway doesn't op, um, operate that way. So, be creative, think outside the box. When when you know your busy season is coming, that's when you should start making connections with um, you know sources that can help you with your, for example, labor pool. Because mm. uh, you're maybe you're five full timers or ten full timers if you're just you know smaller and trying to build your company. Um, you, they're not going to be able to handle all the work during your busy season, uh, whatever whatever that is. So maybe you connect with another trades-type business that is slow during that season. And one example in New England is a pool company. Um, they're typically not installing many pools in January and February um, no, no, in New England not. when we're getting – No, no, exactly. <laughs> so they're, they're literally doing nothing in the winter or they're, you know, just have some, you know, boring job that they don't care about. But they're – Typically, people that are digging holes and putting in pools, they're, they're pretty 
strong individuals that like to be active physically and, and don't mind laborious work. So maybe you want to connect with an owner of a pool company and, and share that labor source during their slow season and your busy season. And that's just one example of maybe thinking outside of the box. And, you know, when your busy season slows down into the spring, that's when they're ramping up the pool season. So those transitions really um, ebb and flow well with each other. I like that. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot of pools in New England. Believe it or not, there is. Yes. Yeah, they're frozen seven months out of the year. But, <laughs> they're you know, ice skating rinks. Skating rinks. Yeah. I got it. I got it. No, good. Do you have uh, Do you have any labor pool agreements in place? We we do with some temp staffing and uh, a couple other organizations. Okay. Um, yeah, we we set up. Uh, you know the hourly rates and all that kind of stuff, and set up expectations as far as. You know how many people we may need on a spur of the moment basis, and how Absolutely. those people are going to be transported, and what they what background checks are, are going to need to be done, because uh, you can't just send anyone into a home. I mean, we kind of have a philosophy mm. of, you know, we're not going to send someone into your home or business that we wouldn't trust with a key to our own home. You know what I mean? Exactly. You got to you got to stay true to that stuff, and it, and it can get tempting. You you get pressured by a lot of jobs coming in. The phone's ringing off the hook, and. You know, it can get tempting to compromise your your standards, but you just can't because that one slip up uh, can really hurt your reputation that you work so hard to to build over time. Big time, big time. So, yeah, labor pools, labor agreements, and get those agreements in place before the storm happens. Yeah, and I w- I would make the argument. I think it's pretty simple that most people in the rest- restoration industry. I don't care if you live in the Northeast, Southwest, um, Mid Atlantic you know, you know, you can anticipate what your busy season is and you should really be spending the months leading up to that, just planning the what if this, what if that. And so when something happens, you can pull the trigger and you can ramp up just as fast as the work's ramping up. Because if you missed a couple of weeks because you're fiddling around and trying to get stuff lined up, that's a lot of revenue, a lot of opportunity that you're that you're missed out on. Yeah, we operate in a capacity business. The more you can operate at capacity, the better off you are. Absolutely. I like that. Are you, during this busy time, are you interacting a lot with third-party administrators and CAT adjusters that you would ordinarily not be interacting with? Yes. Uh, To the first and second question, we are on quite a few TPAs. Uh, That is not the main source of our business. Sure. We can get into that later, but we, we do get quite a few assignments, especially during CAT mode from from third-party administrators, and it's all the big ones that everyone knows, and we've been a part of them for, for a few years now. And then as far as cat adjusters, yeah, I mean, I, we should have kept a map in our office of all the different states where the cat adjusters were coming from. We've probably got <laughs> 35 different states covered at least by this point. Oh, I'm People sure. from te- Texas, Arizona, Alabama, all coming up to Massachusetts and New Hampshire to, to help out with the mess up here. Oh, man. Well, you guys got the worst of it this year. It's been amazing. And I'm sitting over here in Oregon. We're just, it was 68 degrees in mid January. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't think if you added the daily temperature from, from February, from every day in February, I don't think it would add up to 68, to be honest. <laughs> I'm oh, not kidding. Oh, man. That is no joke. Uh, I just had uh, uh, a guest on from Ontario, Canada. And when I interviewed him, it was negative 28 degrees. That's, yeah, no, thank you. That's just cold. That's just cold. Well, let's touch on TPAs. Uh, there's, I've been following. I'm a big follower of LinkedIn, and uh, 
and I've been in the industry long enough to to see the ebb and flow of third party programs come and go. Uh, what is the what is the current state of TPAs, and and are we getting? Well, what is your what is your take on TPAs? I won't I won't feed you too much on that. Sure. No, thanks, Andy. It's a good question, and it's very heated, I think, from many different angles. But yes. I, I guess to your audience, people starting off building their restoration business, I would say don't rely. They're, they're good to get on. That's great. But I would try and set a percentage that you don't want them to exceed of your business. Mm. And I know that might have been a confusing way of explaining it. But just look at your whole book of business and say, Hey, I want to make a million dollars this year, but I don't want more than 20% of that to come from TPA. So 80% of my business is going to come from traditional sales method or local sources, referral, you know, referrals or sales effort. Um, and I think if you do it that way, you will be able to manage your business. Uh, you want a healthy mix of where your business is coming from, where your revenue is coming from. If you're over reliant on any one customer or one TPA, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And 20% seems to be a good number. Yeah. And I think, I think ours is even less than that. If I, you know, during cat mode, it goes up a little bit just because there's so many assignments. They just don't stop throwing them at you. But year round during the slower seasons, I, I would, it's less than 5% to be honest. And we're content with that because I would rather be a little bit more in control of going out and getting my business, making those connections locally with a property management firm or a university or whatever a municipality would have you, than just sitting and waiting for the phone to ring or getting an email assignment from a from a TPA. Again, they're not bad, but you want to have them as as a piece of your puzzle. You want them to be the whole pie. Well, not to mention the pricing, right? Yeah, the, the pricing, they're all over the board. I mean, there's different... Uh, pricing models for for each one. Some are more percentage based, and some are more just trying to control your scope. And some of them can be tough, tougher to make margins on than than others. I want to. I, wanna, <laughs> I don't want to get too specific. You but, say yeah. it. You say it gently, Josh. Well, well put, Mister Politico. All right. Yeah. I uh, have, yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's. Yeah, you've got to be careful. I understand that. Uh, I have a more of a stronger opinion. I don't think uh, TPAs uh, are going in the right direction for the industry, and they're not helping um, on the fringes, on the on the front edge of a lot of the TPA programs. They're all about cutting price and cutting price. And for the new guys out there just getting started, don't put your destiny in somebody else's hands. Stay in control. Do your own marketing. Build your own business. Like Josh said, you're better off in the long run. So, Josh, tell me a little bit about yourself. I didn't let you do that at the beginning of the show here. Uh, what's your background and, and what you got going these days? Sure. No, thanks, Andy. So, Soil Away, the uh, cleaning and restoration company that I work for, is actually a family business. My father started it in 1990, and it really just started with a $5,000 loan from his sister in our family station wagon, and I was five or six years old when when he started it. And I remember just going around door to door with flyers. I mean, there was no internet or any of that stuff back then. So it was yeah. just kind of uh, <laughs> network, networking and going to chamber things and just trying to get your, your name out there. And it started more janitorial. And then as we grew and expanded, now we're pretty much, uh, we don't do any janitorial. It's 80, 85% restoration. And we still have some carpet cleaning and air duct cleaning that we, that we do. So 
that's our business. I have I've been full time with the company for five years now, and my uh, like any small business, your roles and responsibilities are always evolving. And currently, I find myself uh, leading the sales team, which I kind of developed from scratch about three years ago. Now we have two and a half full time people. I say we have two full time and one one part time salespeople in addition to my to myself running our our um, sales effort. So that's fun. Good. And then with uh, the podcast that I'm doing, it's the Restoration Nation. It's really just a way for people like ourselves to connect in the industry and share best practices. I mean, I'm not a consultant. I don't claim to be an expert at anything, but I like to learn and I like to network and I like to share what I've learned with with others and and people have reciprocated that with me. So it's kind of a way of giving back and and just uh, making the industry better. That sounds great. Yeah, I've I've listened to your show and I love it. Uh, some really great guys you had on there, uh, and I hope to get some of them on my show so they can uh, spread the love a little bit uh, further. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, pretty easy, Andy. I mean, if if people are interested in learning more about Soil Away and what we do, or want to, you know, someone's new and they want to say, "Hey, Josh, give me a call and share ideas." Uh, our Soilaway's number is area code 603-641-6555. It's soilaway.com or my email is a tongue twister, jsoloway at soilaway. So it's J as in Josh and Soloway is S-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y at soilaway.com. And you can reach out to me through there if you want to get in touch with the podcast as well. Perfect. I'll get the, I'll get the spelling right in the show notes. Yeah, that, that's easier. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, Josh, thanks for taking the time tonight. I know it's a little bit later your time than it is here. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to uh, what we do next year. This is going to be an exciting year, I think. Absolutely, Andy. Thank you for your time, and uh, the show's great, and I encourage the listeners to keep coming back to it because you can really get a lot of uh, the other episodes, at least, that I've listened to, so keep up the great work. Uh, you're too kind, Josh, too kind. Thanks. Take care. Thanks again for coming to the Claim Clinic. This week's episode was brought to you by the 24-Hour Tech. If you want to increase your water damage profits, systemize your mitigation process, and decrease the time it takes to train a new water damage technician to just one day, you owe it to yourself to pick up a copy of the 24-Hour Tech. This manual, through 20 steps, will walk you through the processes of making more money and reducing your training time drastically. You can find it at the24hourtech.com. That's the24hourtech.com. See you next week.